0: The following podcast contains spoilers and words that my mother would prefer I did not say. We watch Thing. We watch Thing. Hello everybody and welcome to We Watched A Thing for a massive double feature. How you doing Dave? I'm very good my friend. How That's are you? good mate. I'm Man excellent. of pleasure. Yes, that's right. Hanging around. My head's getting cold because uh, I've shaved it down. I'm bald like you now, mate. <laughs> but uh, we, had a, we had a big week of movies this week, didn't we? Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I almost <laughs> what a great time to, start. to be we, going to the cinema. Which one should we start with? The serious one. So we'll start with Barbie. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Barbie, because of course we're doing the Barbenheimer, as the entire rest of the world is. Have you seen the box office numbers from this week? <laughs> it's ridiculous. This is the biggest open, This not just opening, this is the biggest weekend at the box office since Endgame came out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I have not seen a cinema so packed since, bef- not just before COVID, but well before COVID. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, it- both For films. both of these films. Both of them packed. Yep. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, let's get into Barbie then. Barbie is a 2023 American fantasy comedy film directed by Greta Gerwig and written by Gerwig and her husband, Noah Baumbach. Based on the Barbie Fashion Dolls by Mattel, it's the first live-action Barbie film after numerous attempts, uh, and the film stars Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, America Ferreira, Kate McKinnon, Issa Rae, Ray Perlman, and Will Ferrell, and what is it about, Dave? It's
1: about Dolls. <laughs> it's about dolls who who reside in a fantasy world that's adjacent to ours I guess. Yep. Um and we see through the eyes of stereotypical Barbie who I I guess is sort of the first non-denominational, non-career-specific <laughs> Barbie. Yeah.
0: Um, they describe it as the Barbie that you think of when you think of a Barbie.
1: Yes, exactly. And we
0: are, of course, talking about barbecues. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. And and, and um, yeah, Barbie Land is very much barbecues galore. <laughs> um, um and, and she, out of nowhere, undergoes a bit of an existential crisis and um, starts wondering about her place in the world and his life, all it can be, etc., etc., and as a result, n- needs to go and visit the real world and find her user. It's very like Tron in this sense. Um, <laughs> she, she has to go and find her user, um, work out why her user is so sad and depressed and fix that so that she can go back to being happy all the time and not poison the well that is Barbie Land with her Flat onerous thing. thinking. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Well, let's get straight into it then. This was a massively anticipated film for me. I love and adore Greta Gerwig. I love and adore Noah Baumbach. I've yep. loved both of them for as long as, you know, back in the old mumblecore film days, which mm. I'm a massive fan of that kind of indie underground filmmaking that they kind of grew up in. Um, Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie, like the casting seemed perfect. Everything about this seemed like it was going to be perfect. And yet- I kind of had no idea what I was expecting which I don't think anybody really did. I don't think anybody could have anticipated exactly what this film was. I think this- I was I was as excited for it
1: as one can be for a Barbie film. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. kind of long since over this Oh, there's a not, there's a successful IP anywhere in the world of entertainment, be it board games or anything. We yeah. must make a feature film on it. Except, uh, Fucking Battleship, and
0: yeah. You know, but you know what? You give me you give me a Battleship film made by Greta Gerwig. I'm gonna go <laughs> see that. Like that's what really got me interested, and I think well, that's, that's uh, where uh, the population I guess that's what
1: was. I'm, what I'm saying, I was as excited for the concept of a Barbie film as I could be. Yeah. With w- when I knew it was you know, as it finally came to be after numerous false starts um, being written by Gerwig and Bombach and, and Greta Gerwig directing. Now, look, if anyone's got a chance of making this not horrendously awful, yeah, it's probably them. I didn't know how they were going to not make it horrendously awful, but <laughs> I had more faith than I would have well, had anyone else been at the helm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think this is – let's just – Dive right into it then. I think this is as close as you can get to an art house film when you're dealing with a massive IP yeah. that you are. Like this this is a I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's a bizarre film. I think it's hysterically funny. I loved every minute of this film. Where are you on it?
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it immensely. It's very sneakily making you think about shit without yeah. you expecting it. Um yep, yep. The, the writing, I think, is very clever. I agree. Um, and
0: it's laugh a minute. I laughed harder in this film than I have in most comedies for the past, I don't know, 10 years. I can't remember the last time I laughed this hard in this there's,
1: film. There's some very, very funny stuff. There are, I, I, there are some things that I had problems with that I, yep. I didn't like. Um, but by and large, I laughed, yeah, a, a, as you say- all the way through. There's just as many laughs at the end as there are at the beginning. It's it's consistent all the way through. Yeah. I think the performances are mostly very, very good. Um there were cast members in there I didn't expect it's fucking cameo city when you start <laughs> Yeah. it's yeah. it's it's almost like across the Spider Verse in <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of need yeah. to it's go like through on a freeze frame yeah. and go, Oh, there's that and that and that and that Yeah that. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. And I know that you
0: have children as well. I don't know if your kid's ever played with Barbies, but I've no. got a, you know, nine-year-old and a five-year-old. So the nine-year-old's kind of growing out of it, but she still plays with her sister. And so it was really funny how many Barbies pop up. It's like, oh, we have that one. Yeah, we've got I d- that see, see, I didn't <laughs> have any of
1: that. Um, I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the girls were bought Barbies by relatives at, at some point when they were younger, but they were never- Sort of prized possessions or played with to any huge degree. Yeah. But I really appreciated um, over the credits. Being shown just how faithful they were to all of these, yeah. and even the weirdest ones, it's got
0: kind of growing like- up, Skipper. Where you pulling yeah. her arm and her tits grow. What, <laughs> what were you thinking, Mattel? <laughs> I've been seeing on TikTok it's- lately. There's this woman who's doing this series of kind of you know the weirdest Barbies that were ever released, and some of them you're like, how did that get out there? And most of them were discontinued crazy quick. Mm. It's bizarre. <laughs> oh, it's
1: so and it's- like with uh, the Spider Verse films, or with um, I don't know the Suicide Squad, or even going back to things like Mystery Men, um, stuff that you sort of think that's just ridiculous, and then <laughs> yeah. later find out, oh no, that's that's comic accurate, or that's yeah. that, that that actually was a thing. <laughs>
0: yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let's start with the cast then, because uh, you did mention that there were some that you thought were maybe a little weak. I mean, uh, uh, one I'll say. Okay, there's there's a side plot. Which I could have done without. I don't think Is it added it Will anything. Will
1: Ferrell, of course, it's Will Ferrell.
0: No, I, I agree. I've never I liked, liked Will him Ferrell. in about twenty years <laughs> in anything. He's
1: always irritating. He, I mean, he he's a, he seems a nice guy in interviews, yeah, but I am I am so over the Will Ferrell shtick. I, yeah. I put, that's in a bucket with Sandler, as far as I am concerned. Now it, it it's it's a one note thing. It's hit that he does, and I am I am over it. I am so sick of it. Yeah, uh, he was toned down a bit in this, and and there were moments that. He, you know, he was bearable or, or even funny. But by and large, I they could have excised that entire Mattel board I, I for agree. me from, yeah, from that the is film. The,
0: that is the one weak point of the film for me is that- which it's not even really like you call it a side plot, but it's virtually it doesn't actually have any effect on the plot at all. We no, really actually could, it don't. It could have been
1: it. excised completely, and, and yeah. it would have
0: changed nothing. It's kind I, of I liked, there only um, to give us America Ferrera and her character as an in, but I feel like there might have been a need. A way to you do could that have
1: had kids. you could have had her working at Mattel. You didn't need the board and the. The, him as the CEO.
0: And it does lead to some very funny lines. You know, like when Barbie first arrives and she's asking to speak to the CEO and he's like, that's me. And, you know, that that other guy is like, I'm I'm a man without any power or something. Does that oh. make me <laughs> a woman? You know, like it did lead to some yeah. pretty funny moments in that boardroom. But I agree, I could have done without that storyline entirely and I've never been a big Will Ferrell fan. No.
1: I think I, think I, I liked having Rhea Perlman in there as Ruth Handler. Yeah. Um... The, you know, the actual creator and, and yeah, I mean, I she, she's, nice. she's yeah. such an iconic figure in business as, as a, you know, woman president of a major company in, yeah. in I, th- I think probably the 40s or whatever she would have started. She was president of Mattel for like 30 years or something. Yeah. Um, There was a nice inclusion having her there as a, you know, out of respect for, you know, who she was. I, I liked that. But, yeah, didn't need – Ferrell.
0: I agree. I, I liked the Ruth Handler inclusion a lot. I cannot believe that the script for this movie got approved, though. Like, even Ruth Handler, like you know, the amount of kind of little jokes she makes about the IRS and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> well, fuck! How did Mattel <laughs> approve this? Like, how did how did Mattel read Will Ferrell's lines and go, yeah, you know what? Go for it. And I have to say, I think it's going to work for them. Like, this movie is. Oh, going
1: Barbie, Barbie sales are going to go through the roof, and the, be, the, and, and they'll reissue. Yeah. The the uh, what was it? Um, Emerald Fennell's one, the pregnant one. What was her name? Mitch Mitch. or Mitch, or something? <laughs> yeah, Mitch. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the pooping dog. <laughs> yeah. guarantee they're all on the shelves. for
0: Yeah, Christmas. true. Yeah, being kind of self-aware about it and stuff is absolutely Mattel's best move. They have to bring back Alan. I thought Michael Sarah was fantastic. He was the
1: best thing in this film. <laughs> he was so I- he's almost unrecognizable. He's so <laughs> he round so- and shiny, but <laughs> yeah. fuck, he was funny. <laughs>
0: Do You really so think funny. he was the best thing in the film? Because I have to say, I both Margaret Robbie, and Ryan Gosling. Oh, they, a they pitch were all perfect. good,
1: but I I didn't know Sarah was in it. Um, and there's, uh, the, I mean, I don't know if you've seen them, but for years there's been memes going around of you know this is Alan, he's Ken's friend, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, the, the costuming, everything was was perfect. It was exactly right. As soon as he came out, I went, Oh, it's Alan.
0: Yeah. The <laughs> and he was the only one. <laughs> yeah. The costuming across the board was fantastic. But not only that, the production design. This movie has to win production design at the Oscars because those, that Barbie, you know, what's it called? Barbie Land with oh, the all recreation of the recreation of the dream houses, dream houses and all of those insane. things.
1: insane. It, it's so well done.
0: It's incredibly well done. It's just brilliant design work. It's so
1: stunning to look at. And the, the the way that they, when she journeys to the real world, and the, and oh, and they have her the going through all of but it's all it's fully toys. Those shots, yeah, yeah, and and, the, and even um, the sort of opening um, little scene where she wakes up, goes through the motions, she does the breakfast and everything, and it's all the way you play with toys. Yes, you know, you, it's you brilliant, drink and and you pour the thing but nothing comes out yeah. and, yeah. and you know when you move a, um as um I think um Helen as Mirren's voiceover says yeah, you know, yeah, yeah.
0: when you when you no one walks you, the you pick them up the and you put them down <laughs> so
1: that's that's how she does yeah. it
0: um yeah. so well done i just think it was incredibly smartly written uh, and just it's so funny i cannot tell you how many times i laughed when Ken is like, I'm going to play guitar at you. <laughs> and, <they're, laughs> and all the Kens are sitting around the campfire yep. playing fucking Push by Matchbox 20. <laughs> and every time he does that- For oh, like six 10. hours. <laughs> it's just fucking hell. <laughs> this movie was hysterical from start to finish, I thought. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised. I, I knew
1: obviously knew the main cast. I'd-, I'd um. Uh, not just Robbie and, and Gosling, but I had read that uh, America Ferreira and Ariana Greenblatt were in there, which made me happy because uh, yeah, I, I knew
0: Kate both. McKinnon was in there and I thought she was great as the weird Barbie because it's uh, so true. Every kid has one of Maybe
1: those. the first time she hasn't annoyed the hell out of me. She was perfect for this role, yeah. the way she kept on doing the splits because some kid had bent her too many <laughs> yeah. times yeah. and burnt her hair. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> oh, so funny.
0: Yeah, I, I was surprised by the pacing of the film. It's a fairly short film. And I do think it's sometimes the pacing actually moves a little bit too quick. I had seen a trailer for this one prior to seeing it. You know, I don't watch trailers, but I had seen it at the cinemas. And so I knew that they Barbie was going to, to the real now. world. And I, I thought that that was going to be the movie. And it's really not. The real world sequence is maybe 15 minutes long. Yeah. It's really not long at all. And no, then- it's
1: purely there for- her to get disillusioned and, and for Ken to learn him to about the
0: patriarchy <laughs> which man the best line I'd like a high paying job please <laughs> yeah, the best line in the entire film was right at the end when he's there kind of reconnecting and he's you know once I learned that the patriarchy wasn't actually about horses I like lost <laughs> interest <laughs> every time you see a random horse in the background just constantly playing on a loop on his screen in his <laughs> mojo dojo casa house it's just so fucking good um, so I was expecting more of it to take place in the real world. And so the actual Yeah, story I, I kind of thought really it was surprised. going to
1: be like a- um, And I'll draw a parallel to another masterfully made uh, modern fantasy, Masters of the Universe, where <laughs> yeah. Dolph Lundgren finds himself in the real world with Courtney Cox. Um, I thought it was going to be that. It was going to be- The whole thing was going to be a fish out of water. And I'm glad it wasn't because yeah, I think it, it was a lot better. Yes, um, I agree. And-, because- and, and, and Delivered its messages a lot more succinctly, the way it was structured.
0: Well, let's get to that because it does reach a point where its messages do become quite prominent. Um, yeah, and I have heard some criticism of that from some reviewers. You know, some people don't mind it. Some people really. Hate it. Where were you on it? Because I actually, I thought it was no pitch perfect, I, I, no issues. I, no, I
1: mean, yeah. it, it's it's not subtle. I mean, it, it's but no. I, don't, I don't think it's clunky. I think no, I it's, it's got yeah. something to say, and it's. It it's, has something
0: to say, and I think, it, I think it's the relevant it to the subject it
1: matter. I mean, yes, it, I it yeah. tackles it very, very well. Yeah. I, th- I, um, I, I liked the about face when she gets to the real world and gets to—I can't remember the character's name—but um, Ariana Greenblatt's. You know, when she finally gets to her at the school. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though she's warned off by the. The nerdy girl's like, no, nah, no, nah, she'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the way they shoot her down, yeah, and and don't, no, you don't inspire
0: us. You held back. Yeah. you held back feminism fifty years. Um, and it's so true. It's because Barbie is a really contradictory thing, like that. Because yeah, when you think of a Barbie. That is what you think of. You think of the stereotypical Barbie that's just all looks. But it's true. But, like, Barbie is a president. Barbie it's is a, a dub- chef. It's Barbie a double-edged
1: is sword, you know. It, it showed that women could be all these things, but it also. Yeah. Th- th- yeah, as they said, no one wants the fat Barbie. <laughs> yes. It, it, <laughs> it's, it was it's funny, an actually. It's unrealistic physical ideal. So it, it, which in the 40s and 50s wouldn't have been a thing. Yeah, but yeah. Obviously, it you know it is. It's yeah. no different than cosmopolitan and yeah. the, the, all these magazines that that constantly bombard women with you need makeup because you're ugly yeah. and you smell. You know, yeah.
0: yeah. It was funny. You would have seen this. I think I believe it was uh, in a podcast that we mutually love, the countdown. I think it was in their listener Facebook group that somebody shared a post from the ABS, the Australian um, Bureau of Statistics where they had done this graphic showing, you know, for Barbenheimer weekend, it was the number of Australians who have had the same occupation as both Barbie and Oppenheimer. And, you know, for this <laughs> it was maybe 10,000. Barbie had this graphic with, like, f- 15 occupations. You know, there were, like, 30,000 architects, 20,000. Like, it was very funny. <laughs> uh,
1: I tell you what, you know, sort of a six degrees of Kevin Bacony sort of thing. Um, with speaking of Bombach and Gerwig, obviously we, not too long ago, um, saw Bombach's most recent film, White White Noise, Noise, with Adam Driver. Uh, and now the two of them have used Ariana Greenblatt. So the the connective tissue between those two great films is, of course, the sci-fi masterpiece 65. (laughs) It all comes back to 65. Greenblatt and Driver- in the Gerwig, Bombach, <laughs> flux.
0: So all these films are canon together, is what you're saying? They are.
1: Saying. They're all canon together, and they all come back to sixty five. Yeah. <laughs> um, shout out to um, Rodrigo Preto, cinematography. Oh, wow, it, this is a brilliant
0: looking film. I mean, I,
1: <laughs> I would have never suspected, where, um, knowing that there was a Barbie movie being made, that the first port of call. Cor- well, we need Scorsese's DP. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: Yeah, but I think this just shows that from the beginning this was more than just an IP. It was taken cash seriously. Craft. This, this, yeah, yeah, exactly. This is not the battleship movie, or no, you know this. This was taken very seriously from the start. It's and taken every we we've piece,
1: had two GI Joe films before we got to a, um, you know, yes, yeah. it's sister property Barbie. But I think yeah. it's been worth the wait.
0: Yeah, every single piece of art that has gone into this film, and it is art. I think the screenplay, the the. Like we said, the production design, the cinematography, I think the I acting and casting to be, is incredible. I, I tell
1: you what, I will not be surprised if Margot Robbie gets an actress nom. I'd love that. I don't I, think she'll I don't think she'll win. Yeah. But I think I think the film itself is quite rightly being taken seriously enough yeah. that it will be in the running for things. And yeah. maybe even screenplay.
0: And she, she honestly is brilliant in this film. Like I actually think, yeah, we need to talk about her because we haven't really yet. And her and Gosling both. Fantastic.
1: He's he's a revelation in almost everything he does. (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah. I'm always impressed when you've got someone, and Brad Pitt's another one, that is just ridiculously good looking.
0: Yeah, that they also have this kind of range.
1: To be able to be this funny. (laughs) No problem. Yeah. Just taking the piss out of themselves
0: completely. There's oh, no nice. ego in it. <laughs> that, um, the sequence where he's where, where you first kind of meet Kenny's like, you know, a lot of people think that you surfing's you not even my job. My job is just beach. I, yeah. <laughs> I'll beat you off. Yeah. I'll beat you all off. <laughs> well, I had no idea that Margot could be this... Funny, the sequence when she's really, really starting her existential crisis, when they get back and they discover, you know, Ken's mojo dojo castle house, and she just lies down on the ground completely but She flat. lies
1: down like a plastic doll. <laughs> <just know>, yeah.
0: <laughs> Even the way that she's walking from the beginning of the movie, she walks mm. the way a Barbie walks. Like, yeah. th- this is not just casting because of her looks or anything. She has taken this role seriously, and she is mm. hysterical and moving. Like, I- Almost cried at the end. I have to say, I was going to say because really I know you
1: cry it. at the drop of a hat. <laughs>
0: I I've, too, heard, yeah.
1: I've heard so many people. Even um, uh, I saw um, friends of mine, the, um, my mates, who, whose daughter Alana, I made the book for. Yeah, um, we, we caught up for a barbecue on the weekend, a, a barbie, um, <laughs> and I mentioned that I was seeing this, and their younger daughter had seen it, and I um, said to her mum Kylie, I said. It's supposed to be really good. I'm looking forward to it. And she said, "Oh, I'm not to it." And the daughter, Elise, really said, "Oh, but you'll cry." <laughs> yeah. And so I was going in expecting to. Uh, and I, I'd, not only did I not cry, I'm not even sure where people cried in it. I think. Where, for did, where me, did you find it?
0: For me, it's a re- it's a real character piece. This film. This is absolutely. It's almost a coming of age film in many ways. It's about kind of discovering who you are and what your purpose is. And just that final, uh, not final scene, the, actually the final line of the film is very funny too. I, but that- The only part where I almost cried
1: was with laughter. And that's when they first get to the real world and they're getting wolf whistled by the um, construction workers and she walks yeah. up and goes, I don't have a vagina and he doesn't <laughs> have a penis. And as she walks <laughs> off again goes- I have all the genitals. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but the sequence when you know she's talking to Ruth Handler at at the end of the film, and she's you know kind of making the decision to become a real person. I don't know. It, yeah. it was touching to me. I, I it
1: was, but it got me. I'm yeah. Like I think you Maybe know I'm that's that's the
0: Oscar clip. I think I think that that's the sequence that you play at the Oscars if she does get knocked.
1: not not the slow mo. Beach fight—that's quite frankly up there with Dunkirk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was really good. Um, can we talk about the soundtrack for a minute? Which you know, sure. I'm, you know, I off do. Uh, I really enjoyed the soundtrack for this film. I absolutely hate Billie Eilish. I've never liked anything she's done before. She deserves oh, Best her. Original Song for this film. This that sequence and that the use of that piece in that sequence was. Phenomenal, I
1: think. I must have been loved. I, I know Mark Ronson was involved in the soundtrack, um, so I'm sure it was good. I maybe I was just laughing too hard, and or just looking at all the visuals. I didn't note the score
0: much yeah, at all, right. really. And well, I I, find I- it very prominent. You know, like the opening sequence with the the track written by Lizzo, which then plays again later, kind of parodying itself as as everything's going wrong for Barbie. Um, obviously, Matchbox 20 comes- Well, that's the only times. bit I noticed, but- uh, I'm you a know, big Indigo not- Girls yeah, fan, actually, I have to say. Closer to Fine is one of my favourite songs, and I thought the use of that was really great.
1: Maybe it's because I didn't know the song, so it didn't sort of- Apart from the Matchbox 20, it didn't really strike a chord because none of them were familiar to me. Yeah, right. Yep. Yep. All right, so all in all, how are you scoring Barbie? Tell you what, just because it just popped into my head. Um, I know it got done to death in the trailers- just conceptually, the feet thing, yeah, is genius.
0: It, yeah, oh, her so stepping out, her those stepping heels, out,
1: and having phenomenal. the Barbie foot, and then having the, her heel touching the ground as one of the existential crisis moments. Yeah, and they're all looking at it and vomiting. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, that was funny. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I'm probably an eight.
0: Yep, yep. Ben, it's very I'm, strong. I, I'm an I'm a nine. And honestly, for me, it's it's kind of between a nine and a ten, not an eight and a nine for me. I loved this film that much. I do think that the Mattel stuff does bring it down just that peg mm. um, because I don't need Will Ferrell there. But I thought that so much of this film was so strong. I just, I adored it.
1: I, all of the car. And I mean, we've. Touched on Gosling and Robbie, but what's his name? Shang-Chi and Doctor Who. Oh, yes, of course. Kens.
0: Suleimu was absolutely hysterical as the kind of other Ken. And <laughs> yeah. Doctor
1: Who. We got Doctor Who in there as well. Yeah.
0: Yep. So good.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, the, the, just a who's who of actresses. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry. I, mean, I, I couldn't believe Emerald Fennell was in
0: there. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Big recommend from us.
1: Big, big, big recommend.
0: All right, very very clever. Well, shall we get over to the uh, the second film, Death?
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Speaking of, have you ever thought about Death?
0: To Death, destroyer of worlds. Yes, I am become Death. (laughs) Oppenheimer is a 2023 biographical thriller film written and directed by Christopher Nolan, based on the 2005 biography American Prometheus. Uh, The film chronicles, of course, the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer, and it stars Killian Murphy. Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Josh Hartnett, Casey Affleck, Rami Malek, and Kenneth Branagh,
1: and about a thousand. This cast, oh is yeah,
0: fucking ridiculous. I'm, I'm not going to bother asking you what this one's about because it's about Oppenheimer. Says it, it on is. the tin.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, although it is, it's it,
0: it's kind of it's two films
1: in one, really. It is because yeah, it's, it's about it, Oppenheimer and stress. And the, the, you know, the, the project, and it's also about, you know, the campaign to take him down a peg and discredit him.
0: Yeah. Before we get into the film proper, will you allow me to soapbox for a quick moment?
1: Oh, God. I would want nothing more. <laughs> okay. And I would have been disappointed if you didn't.
0: Now, I would like you to take a stab at what you think the topic of my soapbox is going to be, because I bet you can guess.
1: I don't care what it is. <laughs> I
0: want you to talk to me about Christopher Nolan. I, I will talk to you about Nolan. I'm The, the topic is visual effects. <laughs> and I want to preface this. Like, usually I try to hold my cards a little bit. I want to preface this because I don't want you adding me, everybody. <laughs> I fucking loved this film. This is, for my money, probably Nolan's best film ever. Certainly his best since Interstellar. I thought that this was a phenomenal film and I loved it. But there is something very dear to my heart that I need to talk about before we get into it proper. Because... Nolan in particular has created a lot of discourse around the use of CGI and whether or not he uses CGI in his films and all of all of this right last week when we did Mission Impossible I I kind of soapboxed a little bit there because I do feel that that is another franchise <laughs> that has tried to downplay the amount of visual effects But to give credit where credit's due, Christopher McQuarrie just last week was outright asked how many visual effects shots are in Dead Reckoning, and he came out and said about 2,500. So, good on him for being upfront about that when I feel like the producers of the film are very much trying to downplay it. Like, sure, like I said last week, the stunts might be practical. Most of the film is not. This is another case where Nolan was outright asked, how much CGI is in this film? And he said zero. (laughs) And
1: did he clone a younger version of Killian Murphy? Is that how he got around using
0: CGI? <laughs> he said zero. And not only did he say zero, the credits for this film list 15 visual effects artists. Everybody knew up front that he had he was working with D on this film, who are a massive visual effects house. So I don't know why he said zero, but they they credit 15 artists, which is less than 80% of the artists who actually worked on the film. <laughs> Which, to me, is a travesty, because- Give you people can, credit for the fucking work they've done. Exactly. You can go to the DNEG website right now, and I will actually put a link to that in the show notes, and you can see the full list of names of the the artists who worked on this film, and it's nearly 200. But there are only 15 credited in the film, and I do believe that that is part of this play to downplay how much visual effects are in the film. Now, like, I think when he's- People think- aren't stupid. Even
1: lay folk like myself who don't work in the industry- just watching this
0: film, you can see yeah. countless shots. Well, here's the thing. Look, no one is really clear on what Nolan exactly meant and whether maybe he was using some sneaky wording when he said zero CGI. Some people are theorising that what he meant is that there are no full CGI shots. There's no shot here that is completely created by a computer. Everything starts well, with a practical base and then is enhanced.
1: The entire first 20 minutes where you jerking back and forth to what are obviously computer generated shots yeah. of Well
0: the final shot of the film, which is, you know, the the missiles kind of and <clears> Earth kind of being up. engulfed in fire. Like I, sure, maybe there was a practical base there. Maybe you start with a Does he have a Earth camera that something.
1: can actually go down to <laughs> you know, subatomic levels to get those shots? Probably not.
0: Yeah. And look, I'm sure that there's there's obviously a lot of practical trickery in the film. And I don't want to downplay the practical work that's done in the film. It's fantastic. I'm just saying, credit where credit's due. Please credit the artists who worked on the film. So I just want to say that up front. There's obvious visual effects in the film. Whether or not there's CGI, I don't know. But at the very least, there were hundreds of... There is no way nothing in this film was computer generated. I don't believe it. Yeah, so I just wanted to soapbox that for a little bit at the start. But I did want to preface it with, I loved this film. I think this is a brilliant film. I, whether or not their CGI doesn't change whether I think this is a good film or not. I just want people to be credited for the great work that they've done. Too right. So now that I've said that, let's get into it. What did you think of Oppenheimer? Um,
1: I enjoyed it. I was very nervous for the first 20 minutes because I think it's a bit slow to start. I do think it's too long.
0: Yeah, right, yeah.
1: I think it. it, the non-linear storytelling, which he seems addicted to now, I don't think he's ever going to go back to standard linear storytelling. He doesn't seem to be able to do that these days. Um, I think it worked to a point when you're trying to tell two stories, but I think the second half is very strong and I loved it.
0: I think the first half is a bit disjointed. That's interesting because I feel the opposite. I I actually feel like this. I do agree it's too long for me. It's too long in the in the back end though. For me, it's once the bomb has dropped, and and I don't mean even the Trinity test. I mean once they have bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yep. I feel from that point it drags a little bit in the tooth because from that point on we are really just cutting between the two hearings and. And
1: See, I think I, th- I thought the hearings were the best part. I was yeah, far more right. interested in that. I don't think he did a good job of telling the story of um, Trinity and and overcoming the you know the race against the Nazis and the race against. I don't think that was. I think that sort of story has been done far better in things like Enigma and The Imitation Game and uh, other films. Where you're similarly, you know, not coming up with a bomb, but you're cracking a code. But it's it's the same thing. You're it's, you're in a it's race the race again, Yeah, it's yeah. The team of of geniuses and coming iteratively approaching the problem and that sort of thing. I think those films and others have done it much better. Yeah. I think it's sh- he shortchanged that, um, because he wanted to tell both parts of the story.
0: That's interesting to me. I feel like I almost feel like he's taken a completely different approach, and this film. To me, isn't really about that race. To me, this is about a man who is almost playing God. To me, it's that classic line from Jurassic Park: "Just because you can yeah. doesn't mean you should." Oh, to me, that's what this. I, I agree, about. I,
1: but I don't. I think it. That's what it should have been. I, I think you could have done away with a lot of flab in the first half yeah. and gotten to really the the how he deals with being discredited how he deals with um the desire to be the best and be the most famous guy in the world and crack these you know fundamental you know scientific conundrum yeah but at the same time as he, the further he goes and the closer he gets to cracking it and, and you know, being the first and winning, the more he starts to see what will come after that and starts having moral qualms and, and getting yeah. to that quandary. That was all fascinating. And I think we just needed to get in, in, in the words of tripod, get to the fucking monkey.
0: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I actually wasn't expecting to enjoy this film much at all. I've, I've liked some of Nolan's work in the past. Like, he's been it's kind a of It's a while 50, 50, since 40 he's 40
1: done years. a five-star banger for me. And I, I think- Inception's probably the last one.
0: Yeah, right. That I, I that think I for me, he typically in the past hasn't shown, I think, the emotional side necessary no, he's, for a biopic. No, his films are cold. Yes, they are tactical and that's fine. But I didn't. I didn't think that would work for a biopic, which is essentially what this is. And it really surprised me because I think-
1: well, he, I has don't think he has done a
0: very good was- job of showing us a fairly round. I-, I actually, I really liked the storytelling technique of showing us both from Oppenheimer's perspective, as well as to a much lesser degree, his non-perspective, you know, the kind of third person as shown in the black and white portions when it's yeah. not directly from his point of view. And I think it's very interesting, particularly in the first half, when you see the differences in him. You know, when it's from his point of view, he comes across as much more meek and introspective. And then when you see what other people thought of him and he's very arrogant and, you know, like the first time he meets Robert Downey Jr. And that scene is in black and white from Robert Downey Jr.'s perspective. Oppenheimer seems like a total dick. (laughs) Like, So I think that's a really interesting storytelling technique. And I actually – I don't know if it's just that Killian Murphy is so great.
1: Um, he, he is uh, – I mean, everyone is incredible in this, but, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's really, really good. I He's think, in virtually every scene. I think he, he, he's, he, he almost saves what I think is one of the failings in the writing is because I don't think the writing – and it's, it is difficult when you're dealing with a real person, particularly a real person, that the world doesn't really know that well. Yes, that's true. They know their, true. their, we their know deeds the and accomplishments, yeah. but at a personal level. So yeah. they're, they're limited by, you know, the book that they're basing this on. But as an example, very early on, um, we see him taken down a peg by his lecturer. He's not allowed to go and see the Niels Bohr Lecture. Um, yes. So, so he poisons the apple. <laughs> he injects the teacher's apple with cyanide. Yeah. And- doesn't seem to have any qualms about that. The only time he only sort of goes, "Oh my god," when yeah, when, when someone he respects Paul's about is doing it. Yeah. Um, so we're sort of presented with this guy who's a borderline psychopath. Yeah. Without any real rationale as to. Fucking, why would he
0: do that? I do agree. I do agree. That was the and one sequence never that for me was it, very he, he
1: never shows that inclination again for the rest of the films. Like, why is that there? What is it meant to tell us about him as a person? Yeah. Um. Other than that he's a bit of a psycho who might just fucking kill folk for <laughs> very little reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And there were a few of those where I don't, I don't think his character was written that well. And I think Killian saves it because he is so fucking amazing. Yeah, that you ca- he he carries you through rather than a lot of the writing. I think,
0: I think that's totally fair. That that's absolutely true. Um, like you said, I don't think there's a bad performance in this film. I think Florence Pugh is fantastic. She's actually surprisingly not in that much of the film. Like th- it had been so hyped up, I thought the she was. Did she in? A much she makes a hell of an impact. <laughs> I mean, had you heard these no. rumors that it was a I- fifteen-minute-long scene? No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know even know she was that. in. I didn't even know she was in. Oh ah, right, people were talking about a fifteen-minute-long full-frontal nudity scene between the. two I heard of
1: that about the J. Law film, film, but I, I hadn't heard. I didn't even know Florence Pugh was in this. Yeah, so right. I mean, that was a pleasant surprise. I mean, in more ways than one. But no, <laughs> she, she is amazing. She's uh, getting. A, she's getting a nomination. Fantastic. This is the this is the year
0: Robert Downey Jr. wins an Academy Award and deserves it. I yep. absolutely loved him in. this I didn't film. even recognize he him. he looks like Alan Arkin. Me. Yeah, yeah, he truly surprised me. This is absolutely his best performance. He was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, you know he... who else really surprised me? David Crumholtz. I didn't know he was going to be in this film.
1: Oh, d- d- there are. the ca- I mean, I, I said it before. The cast list on this is possibly the most- Bonkers cast list I've ever seen. Yeah. How this movie has a budget of a hundred million is beyond me because the cast is just enormous.
0: Yeah. Matt Damon was fantastic. Damon's as well. great
1: Hartnett. Fucking so good to have him back in a big movie. He yep. was great. Casey Affleck was a, was fantastic. In the yeah, the few was
0: Ranner.
1: he only in one scene? Uh two. You've got him, a young him and an old him, but they're kind of interspersed in the same little segment. So yes. yeah. um, Tom Conti as Einstein.
0: Oh, fabulous? he was fantastic!
1: Absolutely! Oh my God, yeah. Emily Blunt yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I it, I will be very astonished if Killian Murphy, Florence Pure, and Downey Jr. aren't all nominated. And I think Downey Jr. is a shoe in to win. I can't I think agree. of yeah. It, we will need to have a fucking Citizen Kane come out f- for him not to win. True.
0: At this stage, I would see both Killian and Robert Downey as a lock. At, at this stage, we're very early yeah. in the year, but yeah.
1: So even Rami Malek wasn't shit, and that I mean I know. he didn't Well, actually, have a lot I was going to say, but
0: for it, most <laughs> of the movie, I was like, oh wow, this might be his best role yet because he just doesn't talk.
1: <laughs> he didn't talk <laughs> he, until like he, his he final a, scene. He until- drops a clipboard. That's <laughs> yeah. his, that's his big moment, and, <laughs> and then I was he, like, he when he does speak, it's short and he's good. Yeah, yep. Um agreed. <laughs> Hoy van Hoytma.
0: I was just going to- killing uh, it again? Yeah, let's get, let's get to that. I had my little soapbox moment at the start, but let's actually talk about the look of the film because it is stunning. Like I said, I couldn't give a shit whether there's VFX or not. I just want people to be upfront and honest about it and not yeah. downplay it anymore like it's some awful, awful thing yeah. when it we'll is well, ignore
1: there. the CG aging and we'll just say that the makeup to make people look older was very, very good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, but the look of this film, I think, is fantastic for the most part. Yeah. I actually- I have seen some discourse online about the- Trinity Test itself. I've seen a lot of people say that for them, that explosion lacks the scale
1: of a I love the fact that it was silent and then you had this, the- Same. The, for the me, sound that saved
0: anything. Hit. I honestly, I was so blown away by just the editing of that sequence. I think the editing throughout the entire film is fantastic. I'd have this film up for best editing in a heartbeat. Yep. I thought it was so well put together that- Unlike those, I actually, I thought the explosion looked pretty phenomenal.
1: Um, I Yeah, I thought that bit was great. I got a little bit tired of Oppenheimer tuning out and starting to hear and see. Oh, the clapping? The, the clapping. The yeah, f- that did it, get on my, yeah. It, it, initially, I thought, oh, this is quite a cool touch, but it, it, it got done and, and done and done, you know, four or five, six times. they returned to it, and I was like, I'm a bit sick of it by now. Yeah. Um, other than that. Yeah, the, 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 I thought the beginning a little slow and, yeah, I just – I wanted more of either the scientists, you know, Hartnett and Gillian and Murphy and that cracking the – and um fucking Benny Safdie, we didn't even mention him. He was great. Yeah. Um, you know, working to overcome – you know, I wanted either that or I wanted more courtroom drama. Yeah, right. Um, okay. Because I loved both of those and it was just a whole lot of kind of flab in between. Um, right. that I didn't need but everyone else so fucking good yeah Um. Yep. and I'll tell you who else I didn't recognize along with Downey Jr fucking Gary Oldman. Alban's in this Harry Truman he's president oh shit I didn't yeah. recognize him either he, he's wow. he's even more than when he was Churchill he, it was only the voice that gave it away and I started going it, is it it is is it <laughs> I, I think it is and then I checked the credits yeah
0: yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah, I thought those sequences were great as well. You know the the fucking moment where they're deciding what cities to bomb, and it plays like a group of people deciding where to go for lunch. Like,
1: yeah, it was literally, it's literally we won't go that we, we won't bomb this one because I went there on my honeymoon and it's very pretty.
0: Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, way
1: to save hundreds of like, thousands of lives. You know, basically flipping a coin.
0: I've seen a lot of people giving this movie negative re- reviews on the basis that it doesn't show any of the the Japanese side effectively you know we don't we don't see those horrific atrocities to me that makes it more powerful i have to say i think that what we do see you know like i said that sequence of them deciding where you know and the fact that he's done all this in remote texas so far away from where these bombs are going to be yeah, dropped the, well, and, the fact and is, we don't see these, them because none of these
1: people them. in this film saw
0: exactly a, and
1: I think it does a good job of showing – the, the, when you go from the really rather revolting um, scene of the Trinity guys celebrating. Yes. And Oppenheimer sort of almost sick to his stomach. Yeah. But performing, yeah. saying, if only we had had it in time to, for the Nazis and yeah. tell you who didn't like it, the Japanese, and then seeing this – sea of American flags and yeah. cheering yeah. and laughing, Terrific. but then when he gets outside and there are people vomiting and sitting on the ground and weeping, and that um, contrast between the sort of rah, rah, you know, almost na- Nazi nationalism inside, yeah, cheering at, yeah. you know, hundreds of thousands of civilians being killed, yeah. and then seeing the people who actually understand the ramifications of what they've done.
0: Well, that's the thing. I think for me, that's where the film really works and what it does really well is the way that it portrays that side of it. Like, he's a scientist, and he's not even an engineer. He's a theoretical guy. Like Yeah, he's, he's, he's shit in the lab. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His job is to- like. To him, he's just doing science, and I don't think that the ramification of it really hits him, you know, like. No. Even during the Trinity test, you know, like, I think it's an odd one, and this is where I don't. I can kind of understand people complaining about the scale of that explosion and stuff. It does seem like they're actually quite close to that explosion. Like they're close enough to feel the aftershock and yet they're fine. So you can almost understand him not it's fully the, understanding its impact the, the,
1: even after seeing it. I mean, for me, I, I got the sense of how far away they were because it takes seconds for the sound to hit them. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a long time. Yeah. Um, which to me, I mean, I know that was partly that was just a stylistic choice to, you yeah. know, for dramatic effect. But <clears throat> to me that also gave a sense of, you know, they think it's all over and then it hits the the sound hits them because it's it is that far away. Yeah. Um uh, for for me that that really, really worked.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah. But even like the sequence when he's trying to recruit people and he's he's dressed as a soldier to start with, and they're like, yep. You're not a soldier, why are you wearing that? You know, he's kind of like he's he's almost like like you said, playing a part almost, you know. Like he's he's so bogged down in the theory of it. No, oh, can we actually do this? Like, can we put this thing together? That he's really not thinking about that impact. It's really going to have on actual people. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So yeah,
1: it, it it sounds like we're we're both kind of feeling like Nolan's
0: not back to his former glory. Well, you, I mean, you for you, this is his best film. I think so, yeah. For me, this is definitely the most I've enjoyed. And I've liked a lot of his other films. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Memento. I I love Batman Begins. I love Interstellar. I think a lot of his other films that some other people love, I don't think are as good for me. But I think that this is absolutely his best work. And I would love to see him do more down this kind of path. Because I think- He's very much, over the past few years, for me, bogged himself down in concepts. A, li- a little bit like Oppenheimer himself. He's really <laughs> just been so bogged down in, uh, you know, this idea, rather than thinking about the actual, like I said before, the emotion behind it. Which, for me, is yeah. such a huge part of storytelling that's just been completely missing from his filmography S- certainly for quite a few years.
1: the most... Um- yeah, emotion and, and actual humanity that he's had in a film in, in many years. Um, yeah. And credit to the cast as well. But
0: um, And for me, almost the first time I feel like he's really had something to say. Like, this film actually, I think, is saying something. And I don't think most of the other, other films have. I think they've purely been mostly entertainment. But I think he's really hmm. saying something here about humanity and and you know the politics of nuclear weapons like uh, they're scary scary shit and i think yeah. that's what he's trying to show us here
1: yeah i do think uh, one of the the best moments in the film is when you actually you know, all the way through you know heart, part of the driving force behind Strauss's vendetta is that he thinks he poisoned Einstein and- And, and when you see that by default the end, yeah. um, the, But the reveal of them actually talking about it um, and hearing what they had to say, I think that, w- that was one of the best moments in the film for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, 100%, that moment, you know, and I don't know whether that's something Oppenheimer truly said or not, but about the fear that we have actually created a chain reaction that will destroy the world. Mm. Like, yeah, you kind of have, like, you know, and seeing that his original hopes really- Like, yes, he was 100% complicit in what happened, but the way the film portrays it, at least, is that his hopes are that by doing this, nobody else will. Like, by dropping a nuclear, by being the first ones to develop this bomb and by, by dropping it, hopefully that will end it. But it absolutely doesn't, and that's the scary part of it. I think, especially when he realizes that that yeah, we've we've opened the doors now. Like now that we've done this, yeah,
1: other the, countries are the Genius, literally out of the bottle.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I was a big fan. How are you scoring Oppenheimer?
1: I think I'm an eight and a half. Yep. Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's as good as Inception or uh, Memento, um, or probably even Interstellar. Yep. Um, as, as I said, I think there's, there are some flaws, but I think the cast are all phenomenal. Yeah. Um. And by and large, the, the scenes that work, work really well. I'm still very much in, in kind of as people are with Stones and the, Stones and the Beatles, uh, I've always kind of felt people are either Nolan or Fincher. I'm still very much Cam <laughs> Fincher. I think yeah. uh, he is the better filmmaker. And for a smartest guy in the room film, I will watch Social Network over this any day, but this was very good.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Social Network is a better biopic. But I think for me, this is probably second best as far as biopics go. Um, I love this film. I'm a 9 out of 10. Uh, same thing as, you know, I'm probably between an 8 and a 9. I don't think it is a 10 for me. Maybe on a rewatch. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I'm a 9 at this stage. Yeah. Yep. All righty. What are we getting to next week, mate?
1: We've got to get back to required viewing. Yep. We're, we're we're overdue.
0: <laughs> I actually I need you to remind me what shows I have to watch. <laughs> oh, can I swap with you? I want to watch Evil. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what um, we're getting to next week. We're going to be yeah. mini reviewing five or. Five different TV series each, each yep. uh, that, that we've given each other. If you haven't listened to the first part of that, go back to our previous required viewing episode and yeah, you, you might have hear to go us back a give each other months. these hidden gems. <laughs> um, I think that's going to be fun. Uh, that'll be good. Yeah. And
1: we'll, we might sneak in a, a sneaky review for Meg too, because there's <laughs> yeah. no way I'm not, I'm missing that on the big screen. <laughs> and you know what we've got coming up soon? And I haven't looked at the release date. Um what is now called Dracula Voyage of the Demeter rather than yes. the last Voyage yeah, of the Demeter. that's coming um, as well. Which I'm super excited. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Uvredal. Have, have you yeah. seen his previous films? I don't think so. Uh, Troll Hunter. Um, oh, I've heard Troll Hunter is exceptional. Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, he, Autopsy of Jane Doe, which is one of my favourite horror films of probably the last 20 years. Yep. A um, uh, Cracking little film called Mortal, which no one saw for some reason, uh, which is um a very interesting take on the Thor. Got a yeah, yeah, nice um that's got one of the wolf boys, Alex on that. One <laughs> one of the wolves. Um and then a whole bunch of Norwegian people, and it's just <laughs> stunningly shot in Norway. Um, I I, I love him, his films, he's he's got such a great style. Yeah, nice. Um, so I've I've been looking forward to that ever since. So uh, and then i got force fed a trailer and it looks fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I normally resent force fed trailers when you can't you're sitting down and they just throw them at you in the cinema, but um, <laughs>
0: this looks so good I kind of forgave it. Well, that's going to be good. Yeah. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at WeWatchThing.com or WeWatchTheThing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at we Watch the thing. If you want to help support the show and also listen to our new bonus series, Going Through Perfect Albums, we're recording yes. two episodes tonight. God, I'm enjoying uh, that. <laughs> getting to some old country and uh, musical version of War of the Worlds this week. <laughs> so that's that's fun. You can do that at Patreon.com forward slash thing, and we'll catch you next week.
1: Go watch some Barbenheimer.